Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Hi, everyone. It's Jason Kelly in New York with a special edition of Bloomberg Business of Sports. Well, for our latest episode of Quick Take Originals Athlete Empire series, we found someone who's building an empire that until very recently was against the rules. AZ Fudd, she's a 19-year-old sophomore star on the storied University of Connecticut women's basketball team. And if that's not notable enough, she's also thriving off the court as one of the first cohort of college athletes to make money tied to their athletic prowess while they're still in school. Under new rules that went into effect just a year ago, athletes are able to get paid for use of their name, image, and likeness. AZ's Inc. deals with Chipotle, American Eagle, BioSteel, and others, even becoming the first woman and first college athlete ever to partner with Steph Curry's SC30 brand. She's advised by some agents and also her parents, Both of them were college basketball stars in their own right, and they were her coaches right up until she went to UConn. Playing alongside fellow star Paige Beckers, and for the same program that produced the likes of Rebecca Lobo, Renee Montgomery, Sue Bird, and Diana Taurasi, AZ has quite a platform. She says she's eager to leverage it not just for herself, but for all those players coming up behind her, especially young women, in a world that's now able to compensate her beyond just trophies and cheers. We got to spend a couple days with AZ on campus there in stores and also in Los Angeles. She was there shooting a commercial for SC30. And during a wide-ranging sit-down in LA, she talked about how she approaches deals, the changing landscape for female athletes, and how Steph Curry is filling a critical role once held by Kobe Bryant. Here's AZ. So AZ, it's fun to see you in Los Angeles. And I think if we tried to script a more different place from when we last saw each other. Like Stores, Connecticut and Los Angeles are two very different places. Tell me why we find you in LA. I'm out in LA right now. I had a, some stuff like a shoot with Curry Brand. Um, and then I came out a little bit early to be with family. But the main reason was Curry Brand shoot. And so what do you make of LA? Like you said, it is like the complete opposite from Stores, Connecticut, but it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And so tell me, I mean, this is a core part, you know, doing stuff with the Curry brand. We're going to talk a lot about that. How do you sort of feel about it? How, how does that fit into sort of your overall plan? It feels like a, that's a that's a dream assignment. It really is. Kind of like you said, a dream. I mean, this brand, it's 
kind of stands for so many things, but I love the partnership. It's one of my favorites. I don't know if I can say that, but um, just kind of everything that Curry and his brand stand for, you know, like the family aspect, like both on and off the court. So I'm really, this is a brand that I'm really happy to be representing. And tell me the story of how that all came together, like how you and Steph came together, how, I mean, he's, from my interpretation, like he's investing in you, like someone would invest in a startup in in some way. So uh, tell me the story. So I first met him at Curry Camp. I think I was go- right after my freshman year of high school, I got invited. I was one of the first two girls invited to camp. And then I was invited the next year as well. And I was started training with his trainer a little bit, um, but he was one of my favorite players. So I, I mean, I just continued to look up to him and he c- continued to be a role model. And I went to an Under Armour school. So like there was still a little bit of contact here and there. And then when I, NIL got passed, I think Curry Brand reached out to my agent, uh, my group, and they let me know and I was all for it. And so you said, you know, there are elements of, of the way he is as a player, his, his family. Tell me more about that, sort of what you think he stands for. I mean, he is a very big family man. You can see that like, with his kids, with his wife. Um, and I'm huge with my family. Like, I do everything with them. They're with me here on this trip. So I think the family aspect was huge and just kind of his personality. Like, he welcomed me in right away. Even when I was at camp, he made me feel part of that group um, and special. Um, so just being here, like I feel like I'm really part of this, part of this brand, part of this team, part of the Curry family, and I couldn't be more grateful. And you're working at, you worked out with him, you know, while you're here. What's that like? Oh, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I try to keep my cool when I'm working out with him and then like with Seth and stuff on set, but it is like in my head, I'm going a little bit crazy. Yeah. And so what's it like doing a, a photo shoot, a, a commercial shoot? I mean, again, this is something that college athletes haven't been able to do really, uh, you know, for a long time, at least in a meaningful way. So what's what's that like? It's really cool. I mean, like you said, getting to work out with him too. I mean, I'm working out with someone that I look up to and someone that inspires me. So getting to see uh, firsthand like him in action, like what he does behind the scenes. So um like I get to challenge myself and compete a little bit with him. It's it's amazing. So you mentioned, you know, Steph's connection with his family. You are very close with your family, as as you mentioned. You guys have been like, traipsing around LA, doing doing lots of fun stuff. Tell me about your family. Tell me about like growing up. I mean, you know, your parents are, have been a huge influence. They're still, you know, important advisors to you. Tell me about them. I think a good way to explain us would we're like very, I don't know, blended, the most functional, dysfunctional group. I have two younger brothers and then my parents. We, at times, we have no filter. And I think like one of my favorite activities is making fun of my brothers. Um, but I think like we just, we're really go with the flow. We can have fun anywhere. We can entertain ourselves at any moment. So like getting to be here with them on this trip, they don't get to, my brothers don't get to go on many trips. So getting to share these moments with them has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine also, I mean, you're at a very young age in an incredibly high pressure environment as an athlete and as a businesswoman um, in many ways, they seem to counter that a little bit, right? I mean, they're the first to give you a hard time about things. Is that fair? 
That is very fair. But at the same time, I mean, both my parents coached me and trained me and then my brothers rebound for me, whether they like it or not. Yeah. But they're always there with me in the gym after hours and stuff. So it's been nice that, yes, you make fun of each other and stuff, but it's been nice. Like they've helped me get to where I am. So now like they can see all that hard work has paid off. So now we can enjoy it together. And it's interesting to, to think about you in, in the context, you know, not just in your own family, but in the broader family of... UConn basketball and the broader family of college athletes, like you, you were on the, on the leading edge of something that feels for those of us who've been looking at sports for a long time, like a very meaningful moment in, in sports, like the, the economics are changing. The role of sports in society is changing. We see that from the outside. You're inside it. Does it feel momentous to you? NIL, the, the growing influence and importance of, of sports, does it feel like that on the inside? You can tell like how important it is, but at the same time, like this is all I know in college basketball is NIL. So like I'm still trying to find my way in it, find my groove and stuff. But like I know how important it is and um, kind of like the people before me paved the way and set that path for me to be able to do this and how important it is for me to be able to take advantage of this and be able to continue this on for the female, not just females, but the athletes uh, to come. So let's talk about who sort of who came before you. You know, we spent some time together in stores and man, I mean, even as an outsider, I walk into that building and it is just dripping with history. I mean, literally, you know, the the biggest names in the sport, I mean, their pictures, their jerseys, their accolades, all of that. Talk about that heritage and sort of being a part of that. Yeah, well, you walk in the gym and it's banners everywhere, uh, all these awards, like you said, accolades. Um, it can be a little intimidating at times. I remember my first my first couple of visits there, uh, it was very intimidating. I was like, whoa. Um, but like my past year, I kind of learned that that's, that's kind of like the Yukon standard. That's all the things that they've achieved. But like we're here to pave our own path, make our own history in the Yukon history books. And so when you think about that sort of series of women who came before you in that program and, and beyond um, at, at other programs, what do you think about in terms of the, the key moments or have you thought about sort of the key moments that got that made all this possible to your point? Well, I think I just, I feel like looking at the, the Yukon, like you said, like the Yukon history books, looking at the walls and stuff, I feel like all oh, like there are no national championships and all that has really like raised the game of women's basketball, mm -hmm. raised the exposure. And like, even now it's still, it's coming a long way with the exposure and everything. But I think like Yukon has played a really huge role in getting women's basketball to where it is. And so let, let's talk about NIL for a minute, if we can, because it is brand new in, in many ways. It was kind of lingering around for a while. You know, obviously Ed O'Bannon, you know, went to school not far from where we're sitting, um, you know, was, was catalytic in that regard. As you were coming up as an even younger person than you are now, what was your sense of what it meant? You know, what, how do you remember sort of first hearing about what this could mean that would be different for you? Um, I remember just learning that you could make, you could profit off of your 
name and brand and like I could profit off of AZ the basketball player not just AZ the person um, which I didn't really understand why you couldn't because at least for me like AZ the basketball player is also AZ the person like basketball is such a huge role in my life that I didn't understand why I wouldn't be able to profit from it and and yet you weren't I mean your parents weren't. They they both played, you know, college basketball. So did you did you talk about that with them? I mean, what have you learned from them? Because obviously, as you say, this is all you've ever known. But they knew something mm-hmm. very different. They they came up. Um, you know, your mom had a very similar path in, in terms of being a, a standout um, basketball player in in her own right. Like, what have you learned from them and from others about what it was like before? I've learned a lot, not just from NIL, but how like different it was with women's basketball, how like the inequalities and stuff. But I think like on trips like this, I love just watching my parents' reaction because they've been in the game. They both played um, in college and they played professionally. So seeing their reaction to kind of where I am and um, it's just really funny. I mean, like my dad loves being around all these NBA players. My mom loves seeing like all these high level workouts. And so seeing like them happy, it's, it's really fun. Because this is, I mean, this is a different world. Yes. For, I mean, and your parents are young. Like, <laughs> you know, they they played, you know, pretty recently. And yet there has been this massive, massive change. It must be interesting to sort of, as you say, sort of see it through their eyes in, yeah. in, in many ways. When NIL really f- sort of first came onto the scene in terms of the actual changes a year or so ago from when we're talking now, what was your initial approach? How did you how did you think about it? How did you talk to your parents and, and your team about it? My dad started to, well, both my parents started to kind of like have conversations about what it meant because I didn't really understand. Um, and they kind of just broke it down. I think one way they explained it was like, um, when you sell like a jersey, the jersey would just be Yukon and like a generic number, no names on the back and whatever. But now you can have a Yukon jersey with your number or name on the back and you'll be able to profit from that when people buy it. Um, but I just, I really didn't know what to expect. I definitely didn't think that I'd be sitting here uh, doing this interview, but having the brands that I have doing a shoot with Curry Brand, I didn't think any of that would be what I'd be getting myself into with NIL. So what is it? feel like in, in the moment. I, you know, I mean, get, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, this is usually a series where we talk to, this is different for me because I'm usually talking to someone like Steve Young who played in the league for, you know, in professional football for 18 years and now he's an investor and he is significantly older than you are. You know, and so we spend a lot of time talking about, well, tell me about when you were a kid. You're, from my perspective, still a kid. So it's a very different, you know, it's a very different view of the world. And I imagine it must feel weighty to some extent for you to be taking all of this on. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I would definitely say that this past year, my freshman year, it was a little difficult managing. I mean, I was really lucky to have my parents so involved. So they did a lot of the background stuff with my agent so that I wouldn't need to be on calls and stuff. I could focus on school and basketball. But I was still trying to figure my way out, navigate uh, my first year of college while also navigating NIL stuff. So it did feel a little overwhelming at times, but I think we did a really good job managing. And I've definitely now, like looking back on that whole year, I feel a lot more comfortable. Mm -hmm. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Tell me about what it's like to, to have all these responsibilities and we've alluded to this a little bit, at a program at a school like UConn, which is top of the heap. I mean, this will go down. You know, UConn will go down as, and, and the women's team specifically, is probably one of the most powerful programs in the history of sports, certainly college sports, full stop. It's a lot of responsibility that, that comes just with playing on that team. How do you, how do you manage that in the context of such a prominent role? It's definitely difficult, but I think just knowing that what your priorities are, that my priorities right now are basketball and school, because without good grades, I wouldn't be able to play. And without basketball, I wouldn't have these opportunities and these deals. So keeping those, making sure that they're always first, and I'm always making sure like I'm on time, getting my extra work in, everything I need to, then the NIL can come second, and I can make sure that I'm handling all that stuff on the side, but just keeping your priorities straight. You know, it's funny because, you know, as people outside of the, you know, your your world of actually doing it, speculate about the consequences and maybe some of the unintended consequences of NIL, you think, well, you know, the really prominent players like you are going to benefit and then other players are not. And so maybe there's some, you know, jealousy or envy or, or whatever. We got a chance to spend some time with you and your team, like, you guys are tight. Um, it doesn't seem like this has had that effect on on your team. How do you make sure that it doesn't? Like you said, we are very tight. We're a super close group. I mean, you've been to stores. or not. There's not much else to do besides play basketball and hang out with each other. I mean, we're all really supportive of each other. And I think it also is because that whatever deals we get, like we share with each other. So I have a deal with Chipotle, my whole team. Whenever they want Chipotle, they let me know. Or American Eagle, they can get whatever they want. They just let me know. And I think it goes both ways with whatever deals um, other people have that we're super open and always willing to share. I mean, it was funny and and cool to watch you and Paige Beckers, you know, who obviously is another very prominent athlete, very successful on the court and off. You guys have a very good vibe. I mean, we got to watch you literally like riding horses together in the in the barn. Tell me about like what you guys learned from each other on and off the court. I learned a lot from her both on and off the court when she was hurt. Um, she was hurt in the summer, last summer too. So like my first few months there and then also when she was out with her knee she would make sure to like coach me not coach me from the side but like give me tidbits because she can see like my mind going with the plays and whatnot so she would just be like relax like you're doing fine like remember to shoot the ball when you're open whatever but so that's really like comforting knowing having someone um, before I got there 
just to like make me feel at home before I felt at home with everyone else. Right. But um, off the court, I mean, it's not just her. We're so close, the whole team that we, everyone messes with each other. So we're always hanging out, but I think just our dynamic is great. There was legitimate heckling going on when you guys were riding horses. So by way of background, like you were, this was a team bonding activity that is this, that's typical for, for your team, right? Like you go, you guys go and do stuff together. That team bonding activity was the most like non-competitive. If you've been to any other ones, there's trash talking and all really? of that. Yes. Wow. So why horses? Cause you guys seemed to, this it did not seem like a chore. You guys were into it. Oh yeah, we were into it for sure. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, UConn is, I think they're known for their agriculture program and uh, like the horses and the cows. But I mean, that was, it was definitely a different environment for us, but we had a lot of fun like we do with everything. When we're together, there's always fun. Yeah. You mentioned Paige when, when she was injured, you had to deal with an injury that, of your own, right? And so how does the, I mean, how do you sort of get your mind around that knowing that like this is such a critical time for you as a, you know, as a budding player? How, how do you sort of keep focused? I set goals for myself, both kind of on and off the court. So with grades, making sure I keep my grades up and then with basketball. And I think just knowing like my higher, my higher goals, I mean, is being like one of the former UConn players with all the banners, being an Olympic gold medalist and all that. Um, so I think just keeping that in mind and making sure that I'm learning everything that I can from the coaches and the players, making sure that I can learn as much as I can so that I'm ready eventually for that next level. And so when you, going back to UConn and, and sort of the, the role of the program, you know, one, one could argue that UConn, the UConn women's basketball team, may be the most famous women's basketball team, like professional college, whatever it is. How do you ensure that you take advantage of that, you know, both from a playing perspective, but also candidly from an economic perspective? You know, this is this is a big four years, you know, to to be at the center of the sport. Um, I think they definitely go hand in hand. I mean, the coaches, coaches done a really good job of making sure that like over the years you kind of set that standard of they play. We play the right way. We um, do all the things the right way. It makes people want to watch. So I think that like all of the coverage and stuff that we have now, is definitely well-earned and hard, like really uh, worked for. But I think that because of that coverage, it really helps with all the NIL stuff because like we have so many games that are um, like on ESPN and so many top ranked games that people want to watch. It definitely does help with the NIL viewings and stuff. And do you worry that, this is, this could be one of the biggest platforms that, that you ever have. I mean, unfortunately, the professional league in some ways, even though it's, you know, 25 years old, sometimes doesn't feel like it has the cachet of, of college basketball. How do you, how do we change that? That's really disappointing to know, but that's another reason why like, we have to take full advantage of NIL and why it was so important that it's passed now. Um, but I think that kind of, our goal, like my um, grade or the NIL group's goal kind of thing is to continue this over and hoping that like we can build our brands and followers will continue to then keep watching at the next level, keep watching professionally and the views will go up with it. And so what's, I, w I would imagine you're already at a point where, you know, 
young women and maybe young men are coming to you and asking for your advice and probably players coming in, you know, even just a year or two, you know, behind you, recruits, what have you. What do you tell them about sort of how to smartly build your brand, how to make the right choices when it comes to NIL and, and other and other decisions? I would tell them kind of just to be themselves, to, like I said, keep your priorities straight. Basketball is number one, because with that, without that, you wouldn't have these opportunities. So make sure you have that in order, but uh, be true to yourself. Like don't do deals that aren't true to you, that don't mean things to you. Don't, you don't want to represent things that you don't support. Yeah. Tell me more about that process with you. I know your parents are obviously integral in that. They're sort of the your screen in, in many ways. They know you arguably better than anyone. How does that work? So they are in direct contact with my agents. So when a deal comes along, people will contact the agents and then they'll bring that idea to my parents and me. Um, but I don't really think I have had people reach out that I haven't really been interested in. Mm. Um, but so I've been really lucky with deals and brands that I support and like want to be um, a face of. Um, but it's been, I wouldn't say it's been easy. Uh, it's definitely been a challenge to navigate, but I've been really grateful for it. Shifting gears a little bit. And, you know, I'm thinking about being here in, in Los Angeles and obviously you're working out with Steph. You're going to continue, you know, you're going to spend some time, I think with him at Curry camp in, in San Francisco, but being in LA, you have to be thinking, and I certainly am about Kobe, you know, I, I know you had, some contact with with him, with his his trainers and and his team feels like he's a, a role model as well. I mean, tell me about who you emulate and who, who you've looked up to, you know, men and women players over the years. Uh, he was a big one that I really looked up to, and I was actually at the sports academy when we first got here on this trip. And the last time I had been there was. I had gone there, the Mambas were playing a tournament, and this was when I had first met him in person, him and Gigi, and that memory kind of came back, and it hurt a little, but it was like one of those sweet memories. I could like look up at the room, and I remember going up there and meeting them, um, which was like incredible at the time. It was amazing. It's a memory I'll never forget, but he was definitely someone that I looked up to, and I will always look up to, um, but for sure, Steph. Well, just before we leave Kobe, why? Why with Kobe? My dad was a huge fan. So like when I was younger, I didn't watch much, much basketball, but he was a huge fan. So Kobe was on the TV a lot. Um, and then as I got older, I mean, everything that he was trying to do for the women's game, changed women's game. And I really liked Gigi too. I mean, I didn't get to spend too much time with her, but I enjoyed working out with her when I visited. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, you were going to talk about Steph as well. And we talked a little bit about him, but tell me about other people who maybe you you either emulate or, or look up to? I don't know who I emulate. I mean, like I said, my parents were my coaches. So I think I have a lot of my mom's game in my game. Um, I get my shot from her. So I would definitely say mm. that my shot is hers. Definitely emulate that. Um, but I, I just love watching good basketball. Yeah. Tell me more about your mom as, as a coach and as a, you know, as someone you, Literally, it sounds like model yourself after in, in, in terms of her shot. What have you picked up from her? Because she, you know, she was on a similar journey to you, you know, playing at, at a high level in college and, and ultimately professionally. Um, I would say I get some of my work ethic from her. I mean, both of my parents were 
kind of showed me like what it takes to work hard and what it takes to get to the level that I'm at. Um, all the stuff you have to do on your own and behind the scenes when no one else is watching. So I definitely get that from her and both of them, but I would say like my shot and uh, I mean, they've gotten me to where I am. So. Right. You know, the, we, we sort of talked a, a little bit around this idea, but you know, the women's game, women's sports, but specifically women's basketball feels like it's at a really interesting moment right now. You know, WNBA is 25 years old, seems to be gaining in popularity. If you look at ratings and you look at social engagement and, and all sorts of things, social activism obviously has, has become a big issue there as well. You know, as we sit here, obviously there's still a lot of talk about Brittany Griner and, and that's been an interesting and important sort of rallying point. It feels like for, for the league, what do you think about women's basketball at this moment? Does it feel like there's momentum behind it? And, and why do you think that is? I definitely think that there is momentum behind women's basketball right now. And I mean, I grew up listening to my mom's stories of what college basketball was like at her time and her experiences and how a lot of them were not so good experiences. Um, and just like my experiences now, how like how far the changes come across the boards, but then also with the professional level, seeing like the views are going up, like there are there's more support behind women's basketball, more change, like with um, the women getting to have their NCAA tournament being March Madness this year. I didn't even realize that there was a difference between like the men's March Madness and stuff. But I think like the little things are starting to change and there's still a lot, a lot more to go. But I think that there is definitely a lot of changes. It is interesting. And we talked about this when we were in stores together, this, this idea that you walk into that practice facility and it's mirror image. You know, it's like men's, men's on the right, women's on the left. By the way, more trophies on the women's side. Um, you know, equal in in all aspects, it, it feels like, at least, and optically. How important is that, do you think? The, the, the physical space and then the optics of basically saying, we have two teams, they're both great, they're equal in our, in our eyes, and, and in fact, if you're looking for the more accomplished one, it's over there. <laughs> I think it's really important. I mean, the respect is huge, both, at least in our program, like we respect the men, the men respect us. And that's something that not a lot of programs used to have. I mean, I can't really speak for any other schools, but that is something that I only know in college right now. And it's it's incredible because like I said, like we respect each other. So it makes it like my experience so far that much more valuable. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more. 
so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash Enterprise Data to learn more. You have these, you know, incredible facilities, obviously, and certainly that's attractive when you're being recruited and, and you're showing up. And yet, you know, our team spent some time with you in, in your dorm room, like, that's a dorm room, man. <laughs> you know, it's like you're living and, you know, I think Sue Bird back in her day lived in the same, you know, building that you did. It it does dispel a little bit of the myth of like the high level college athlete and, you know, they're pampered and they live in these. And, and maybe that's true when it comes to SEC football, but <laughs> maybe not the case when it comes to even literally the best um, and most storied college program uh, in women's basketball. Right. Yeah, I am definitely grateful for where we live, but you wouldn't say it's like the nicest or the fanciest. It it gets the job done. I mean, we're all there um, living together. So we figure it out together. Yeah. Do you think that change? I mean, do you do you either hope or worry that NIL and everything that may come as the money gets bigger and bigger? Do you worry that it will change um, college athletics? What do you think will happen looking years ahead? I don't know. I feel like it would change the dynamic a little bit, but I'm hoping that it, it doesn't, at least for the basketball dynamic. I mean, uh, we have a great system, like I explained going on, that like we support each other. There's yeah. no drama, no jealousy, all love and support. Um, but I can definitely see how it could change a lot of things. Yeah. What has surprised you the most about the NIL process so far? I mean, by all accounts, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west. People are figuring it out. You have the benefit, and we've talked a lot about it, of a great team around you. I I would be very surprised if anyone was able to take advantage of you economically just because you've got a great system in place. It's not the case for everybody. Do you worry about other players who don't have kind of the infrastructure that you have? Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine going through this process without... Uh, people like my parents who I trust to be in contact with my agents so that I can focus on other things or without having my agents or people to get in touch with um, brands. Like I can't imagine having to get in touch with brands directly. I feel like that would be definitely an added stress um, that's unnecessary to have when you're trying to get through school. I'm sure I'm not the first person to ask you this, you know, either in your life or, or outside, but like what's, What's the AZ trajectory? Like, what do you imagine? Like, when you look, you're a goal setter. Like, if you look two years, five years, 10 years out, like, what does that look like? Um, first is a national championship. Uh, that's first uh, on the, the goal list for next year and the rest of my years in college. But then it's to get drafted. Really, anywhere would be kind of a dream come true. But to get drafted, play professionally, and then I think... Right now, I would like to play overseas, obviously, as I learn more about things. Maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't, but I want to play overseas. I think one of my biggest goals is to be an Olympic gold medalist. I think that would be incredible. And then I have no idea what I want to do after basketball. I'm hoping to be able to play as long as I can and stay in the game. But When did you know, when did you know that this is what you were going to do? That you, were gonna, that you had both the talent and the drive to play at this level of basketball? So I've always played up since I was younger. I was always really tall, so I would play up and then I would just be normal sized. But I didn't really know that I was that good. I just thought I was like pretty average, pretty normal. And my parents had to sit me down. I forget what grade it was, maybe 
like sixth grade, they sat me down and they were like, maybe I think younger than that actually, but they were like, you know, you're actually good. Like you're actually pretty good at this. And I was always very hard on myself. They were very hard on me, but that meant a lot to me to like know that I was actually decent. I think then was kind of that change in attitude. I always did stuff um, after practice and stuff, but that change in attitude where like I really wanted to do things on my own as well and make sure that I was getting in the gym and getting better every chance I could. And so did you know then, you know, that sort of fifth, sixth grade, you're like, all right, I'm going to play in college. Like, I'm good enough to play in college. Like, what went through your mind? What, it, what was the switch? I think that was the switch to kind of like being more dedicated to it. And then I got my first offer pretty young and I like the coach told me I received an offer and I looked at my parents and I was like, what does that mean? And they told me like, you get to go to the college for free. And that was kind of a, a shock. I didn't really, still didn't really understand like going to college for free. But I think that was also like when it kind of became real, like colleges are looking at me now and um, I have a real chance to like, get to go anywhere I want. Was that exciting, scary? What What was that feeling as you went through the process? Because candidly picking a college for a kid is stressful enough, but then thinking about the dynamic of the basketball team and the potential and where you're going to play and the coaching staff and teammates and all of those. Hey, what, what do you recall of that process now? It wasn't that long ago. It was exciting and scary. It was exciting that I could have all these opportunities, that I had choices, um, that I could pick between whatever number of schools I had, but I could pick and it wasn't I just had one offer like I had to go here, that I could pick kind of and do whatever I wanted to do. Um, but it was scary in a sense that, like you said, it's a new program, new coaching staff, new environment, new team dynamic. So it was definitely a really weighted decision. And I'm an indecisive person, so it was very <laughs> difficult. Stressful, but then you were happy when you made the decision. And you've been happy with your decision. Yes, by, very happy. By all accounts. You know, we've seen your work ethic, first person on, last person off. Even here in LA, you're working, you're, you know, nominally sort of on vacation, but you're working out a couple times a day. I mean, this is this is your life. Where does that come from? That definitely comes from my parents. They kind of instilled that hardworking mentality, that drive um, in me when I was younger. Like they would have me stay after practice when I was little, um, just for like 20 minutes, just to go around a couple of times, get extra shots up. And then that just became the norm for me. Um, and now that I've recognized like I've gotten to this level and I've gotten to this level by doing all the little things, by getting in extra shots and um, working hard on my own outside of the group uh, workout sessions or times. So kind of just falling back on what I've done to prepare me and get me here. Like I got to keep doing that. It doesn't stop. So, you know, you are, you know, for your family, for yourself, sort of this entree in, into this world. How does that feel to you? Is that exciting does it feel like pressure like what what is the what what's your reaction to that uh it's really exciting um like, like like i said my brothers don't really get the chance to go on many of these trips my parents are um but just getting to see all of them together and this is a pretty big shoot that i just did so getting to see all their reactions to like the setup um of the gym and like even just the snacks like my brothers love that but just getting to see the reactions and being in this environment it's it's really cool just you know, one thing that we we touched on a little bit earlier, um, and and I thought about it when you were talking about Kobe, and then 
you know, watching what Kobe did and then now being a part of what Steph is doing in terms of supporting women, you know, and supporting women athletes and supporting women basketball players. Tell me about your experience with that and whether that feels like it's happening more, whether it feels rare, like how do you, how do you see that evolving? I think that that was kind of a big question when Kobe died was like, who was going to step up and continue to like help fight for women's basketball and help kind of raise the game. And I think Steph um, is doing a really good job of like trying like inviting women to, to um, his camp and little things like that, that are helping to elevate the women's game. And like this deal is incredible being not just the first like NIL deal on college athlete, but also the first female signed to his brand. Um, like, I don't even really know what word to use to describe that feeling when I first signed it. And being here now, like it means so much. Being with Steph has been incredible. And what's it like to, to have that sort of creative say to, because this is not, it, it doesn't feel superficial. It feels meaningful. And is that yeah. fair? Yeah. It's very real. And that's part of the reasons why I was so excited because Steph is like, he's not superficial. Like what you see is kind of very real. Like, I don't really know how else to explain it. Yeah. 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 So that, that shoe you know, that you designed, if, if I have that right, you know, was all, you know, wrapped in, in an effort around women's retirement with TIAA. Talk about using your platform for those sorts of issues, you know, not just to build your own brand, but to bring awareness, which does feel like it's very intrinsic to basketball, but especially to women's basketball, that sort of social impact. That was a really cool brand because that was, TIA was one of like the first brands where I kind of got to use my platform to, uh, to speak out about like Title IX and retirement equality. Um, and I think that's definitely something that I still want to continue to do, but that was uh, big for me because I'm still trying to figure out what I stand for and what I support and things I want to be able to support. And that was uh, one of the first things that I've been able to do. So I, I definitely learned a lot during that whole um, couple months I did stuff with them. Um, I learned a lot, but I'm also like really grateful for the people and the relationships that I met along the way. And so how do you figure out like what's important to you? You know, cause you walk through the, watch us through the process of like picking brands and they need to be reflective of, of who you are and who your family is. Um, this is a exciting, but also challenging time to be someone with a public face, someone who, and increasingly people are looking to athletes to help them understand the, these social issues. So what's that process like for you? That's kind of a question I ask my parents, like, how do I know, like, what I want to stand for, what I want to support. Um, and I think I'm, I mean, I guess I'm kind of just letting it come to me, but I think like title nine is a huge, right. it ties into basketball so well. I mean, especially with my parents, my mom playing, hearing her stories about uh, like her experiences and how things have changed and how title nine is um, just helped so many female athletes. And it's incredible. Does it feel like women and female athletes are being, heard more i mean it feels like again it's recent history but summer of 2020 between the pandemic and george floyd's murder it was women athletes especially women's basketball athletes who really pushed these issues forward whether it was around 
criminal justice reform, police reform, voting, all of that. Does that feel like it's accelerating to you? For sure. And I think social media has done a huge, like it's had a really positive impact on all of these things. Um, both all these, um, like the social justice issues with Title IX, but also like with the awareness of women's basketball and just like um, spreading, oh God, what was the word I was using? But like spreading the coverage and stuff. I feel like social media has done a really good job of making people aware of all these topics and issues. Mm-hmm. And with that, your voice is heard. How do you raise your NIL game? Do you think about that? I mean, do you think about now that you've got a year under your belt, how do you evolve it? How do you grow it in a way that's authentically AZ? Well, I think now that I have my first year kind of under my belt, I have established my brands with all these other people. But I think like I need to be able to kind of like establish my own brand more like the AZ brand and like post about myself more as well. But I mean, I'm not really sure what other deals, like I'm so grateful for the deals that I have now. I'm so happy with them, but I think it's kind of just a, like, let's see what happens next sort of deal. Great. And that's AZ Fudd, UConn basketball star and NIL pioneer. My thanks to her as well as her family and the rest of her team for helping make our latest installment of Athlete Empire possible. You can check out the full documentary on Bloomberg.com, YouTube, or Bloomberg Television. Next week, part two of our look at NIL featuring UCLA's Chase Griffin. He's a backup quarterback who's consistently cited as one of the savviest dealmakers in this new NIL landscape. And check out the Business of Sports feed for past Athlete Empire conversations, including Steve Young, Dominican Sue, and Alex Rodriguez. I'm Jason Kelly. Thanks for listening. See you next time. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.